It's almost like it doesn't matter how hard they fight. It just never seems to work out for Northwestern. You are Locked On Northwestern, your daily podcast on the Northwestern Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Northwestern, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Carter Bird, and thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first to listen today for anything and everything Northwestern. We're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. We're also on YouTube. Just search Locked On Northwestern. You can find us. Wherever you are listening, make sure you turn on notifications and subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode. We will have uh, daily episodes even even on Thanksgiving week. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about this one right here because, you know, 17 to 9, Northwestern fights. Showed a lot of fight. Showed a lot of fight exactly when you thought there was no more fight to be had. Just when you when you thought that it was time to count these guys out. They could have let it spin out of control, and they didn't. Uh, really could have spun out of control, even in the game itself, when uh, the pick six happened, but we're fortunate to get that called back. Defense stood tall. Uh, Evan Hole played very well. Creativity is just lacking on offense. Athleticism on both sides of the ball is lacking. We will talk more about that for sure. Lost the turnover battle three to nothing again. Hard to overcome that. Uh, special teams they were solid. You had a blocked punt. You you made your only field goal attempt. Uh, decent kick coverage. The only thing that was inconsistent was punting. It was a little bit all over the place. But you were having to play two different punters. Let's start with the offense because Cole Freeman got his first start. The sophomore. Um. Yeah, so Northwestern's way down the list on quarterbacks right now, and the quarterback play does not go very deep on that list in terms of guys they were playing at a high level. Cole Freeman and his first start, 9 of 20, 45% completion percentage, seventy just 78 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, had a 67.8 rating. Uh, and he was 8.67 yards per completion, which is really, 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 really low. Uh, like, to give you a comparison, I believe uh, Purdue was somewhere like 10, 10.05, 10.09 yards per completion, and that was good for like the 120s in the country coming into this game. Uh, Northwestern was 3.9 yards per attempt in the air, which is not very good. He was sacked twice where he lost 14 yards. One of those was not very good. We'll talk about that here in a second. He was hurried twice. He threw the one interception that was so bad. It was really, really, really bad trying to squeeze a ball into a tight window um, that really did not exist. It was double coverage. Um Guy going the other way should have been a pick six, uh, but thankfully the guy um, apparently got a little uh, excited and also just didn't respect uh, Cole Freeman's athletic ability to run him down and started high-stepping from like the 35. Got that penalty called back, and thankfully the uh, defense stood tall. He had two fumbles, which was not good. Um, look, I mean, 
First start, it's a really tough ask. On the road, third-string quarterback, guy who's never been, really been out there at all. I mean, I didn't think it was, like, the most horrendous performance by any means, but it was not what Northwestern needed. Uh, there needed to be something else, something else to that game plan. Um, and, hey, look, his, his pocket awareness is not very good. One of those sacks, for sure, he ran right into the guy. Like, he, he did not need to flush the pocket in that moment. I thought he had more time, and he took off running right and ran right into a stone wall for a sack. It just was not – didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, that play didn't – but, you know, I mean, he battled. He he battled, and he did the best he could, and that's all you can, you can ask for from your third-string quarterback. Evan Hall is so dadgum good. It's like it cannot be understated. This is an all-American caliber back that just has – he's got a decent offensive line in front of him, a pretty good offensive line at times. Uh, he's got a all-world left tackle, but he doesn't have much else around him. And and that's, what's, that's what you see. I mean, Malik Washington is a solid player for sure, but nobody that consistently makes plays besides Evan Hall. 22 rushes, 105 yards, one touchdown – uh, 4.8 yard average. He's having an incredible season. I mean, what can you say? 860 yards. Um, was on pace for a thousand at one point. Five rushing touchdowns. 513 receiving yards. That's phenomenal from a running back. Unbelievable from from a running back. Two re- receiving touchdowns. And yeah, I mean that's that's kind of. I mean he's far and away your best player on offense. Well, up there with Skaronski, of course. There's just not enough help for him. There really isn't. I mean, in this game, he was 45.4% of your offensive yards by himself. One guy. One guy. He was 22.2% of the receptions as a running back because you only completed nine passes. Uh, He was 48.9% of the rushes as well. He is everything for this offense. Everything. I mean, when Northwestern stays in games, it's because... Evan Hull just he puts the team on his back and he just makes plays. He finds a way to to, to keep you in the game. On non Evan Hull rushes in that game, two point five yards per carry. Remember now, Evan Hull was four point eight. Everybody else was two point five, two almost two and a half yards worse. He is a difference maker. He is. And an all Big Ten caliber guy. He is an all American caliber guy. And Northwestern needs to embrace him as long as they can because, I mean, if I were him, I'd be frustrated. I'd be frustrated. It just, it feels like too much. And there's not a structure in place, an adequate structure in place, in my mind, to keep him. Longer than this season, Joseph Hyman, uh, the Joseph Hyman, the the second freshman, got in. Thought he looked good on his two carries, uh, two rushes for 16 yards. His 13 yard run was very very physical. I was impressed. I was like, where the heck's this guy been? He just ran through a bunch of tackles. He was physical run. Like, if he can do that for you, he needs to get in the game more. <laughs> he needs to be in the game. I mean, that's. The first noticeable time in my brain that I have recalled him really being in the game. And he looked good. And he only got two opportunities. I mean, right now when you've got 
You've got your other backs are running for like 2.8 yards a carry. Let the young guy go. I mean, he's still got his red shirt, I do believe, maybe. Um, man, I can do some research on that, see if he's been playing special teams. But if he's been playing special teams and the red shirt's gone, all the more reason to play him. One way or the other, play him on Saturday. He looked good enough to me. Offensive line graded out extremely well. Uh, five, all five finished in the top ten of Northwestern's offensive grades. Uh, Skoronsky, Tiernan, Wiedeker, and Pekazi all graded out as four of the top five. Skoronsky had a particularly awesome, awesome grade in this game. He graded out as a 91.6, which is like NFL, you're a daggum good player uh, if you're grading out that high. And we know that he is. He was a 90.2 in the run run game, which is significantly higher than anybody else. Uh, Charlie Schmidt, who who was the lowest graded of the offensive lineman, I do think he actually graded out the best in pass block, somewhere around like 82.5, somewhere around there. Um, but, I mean, the offensive line is not the issue. The offensive line is not the issue. The issue is the skill talent on the outside, the depth at running back, and the the quarterback play this year and it has been from start to finish and the best version in Big Ten play we've seen is when Brendan Sullivan's healthy and he's not right now obviously but yeah it's been a little bit of of a grind watching this offense try to go to work every day it's not it's not pretty it's not pretty by any stretch of the imagination uh but I mean Evan Hole battled his butt off Cole Freeman I mean he's He's your third-string quarterback. I mean, what more can you ask of him? I thought he battled. Um, he's not really set up for success in that game. Um, he did have the three turnovers, which is, is is bad. We know this. We've seen it all year. But he was never going to have a huge game in that game. But that's kind of the story of the offense all year long, to be honest with you. In a second, we're going to take a look at the defensive side of of the ball, but first, let's talk about our friends at Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over four million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe for my own home. They protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With that 24/7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police and first responders in an emergency even if you're not home or you can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alerts you when the threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly identify fires, floods, and other threats to your home, customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash 
Locked On College to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Also, thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about this defense for a little bit. Look, they showed up. They showed up and they played their butts off, and you got to give them credit. They held Purdue to three hundred below three hundred yards of offense, two hundred and ninety nine to be exact, barely coming below that three hundred mark. Uh, only one hundred and fifty nine passing yards for a team that was throwing for well over two hundred a game. Thought it was impressive how they handled that. Um, Purdue, it was apparent from the start of the game. The goal was okay. People are having success running getting physical and running on this Northwestern front in the back half of the year. Let's try to do that. And I thought Northwestern stood up pretty well. They only allowed 140 yards rushing for the game. They held Purdue to 5 of 14 on third down, which I thought was a really solid number for them. I was impressed by that. Uh, held, held them to 1 of 3 on fourth down as well. So if you combine that, you, you hold them – on third and fourth down, six for 17. You will take that all day long with this defense for sure. Uh, you held them to 3.3 yards per carry. It's not a very high mark, um, especially for a team that clearly, to me, had the game plan of we're going to run at this team because we don't think they're physical enough or deep enough or or strong enough in the front seven to hold up. And thought Northwestern did, did a solid job. Um Pass rush continues to be an issue. Only one sack in the game. Uh, you could not get any stops in the red zone. They were three for three. Zero turnovers forced, which in a game like this, especially when you're going minus three on the offensive side, when you're turning it over three times, you can't go minus three in the turnover battle for the game. you got to figure out a way to force some turnovers. Weren't unable to do that. Just three tackles for loss, not forcing a lot of negative plays in this game. Were not any quarterback hurries, which comes back to the fact that there weren't. There's not a good this this Northwestern team does not have a good pass rush, and that's kind of been a theme of all year long. Something that I do want to give this defense credit for because it's impressive that they were able to hold this Purdue team to just 17 points with the staff or with a stat. 49% of Purdue's offensive plays. We're on the northwestern side of the field. Yeah, 49%. So half the game when they're on offense, they're in northwestern territory. And yet, northwestern allowed just 14 points credit to that defense for that. That was huge. The the stand after the interception was unbelievable. Obviously, uh, the penalty backed them up a little bit, but then... You hold enough to force a long field goal, and Purdue misses it, and that was huge to stay in the game. Uh, you stuffed 21% of Purdue's runs on the game, uh, which was a lot higher than what, what uh, Purdue did to you. Uh, they, they stuffed 11% of, of your, your run plays. Um, Bryce Gallagher, I feel like we do this every game. Every single game, Bryce Gallagher is the guy that leads the team in tackles. He had 10 tackles. Seven of them were solos. 
Uh, Rod Hurd continues to make his impact uh, at the safety position. He had eight tackles. Six of them were solos. Sean McLaughlin was probably your best pass rusher in this game. He had four tackles. Uh, three solos, one sack, and one tackle for loss. Adetamawa Adabare had a tackle for loss as well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you just did not get a lot of negative plays. But you were able to to somewhat hold uh, Charlie Jones and Payne Durham in check mostly. Uh, Charlie Jones had six catches for 46 yards. Payne Durham had two catches for 30 yards. Now, what kind of makes this a lot less uh, fun? The performance that you did have, which 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 was good, both these guys had receiving touchdowns, which is kind of the backbreaker there because those scores are what ended up winning the game. Uh, Charlie Jones didn't get a lot going when when Cam Mitchell was on the field, uh, and then late Cam Mitchell gets banged up. He he's on the sidelines. He's putting on the overcoat. Uh, which generally means you're not going to come back in the game, uh, especially while, while while the defense is on the field. And Charlie Jones got loose for two or three catches pretty quickly after he came out of the game. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, Northwestern played their butts off on defense. I was extremely encouraged by the effort, the way that they played on the defensive side of the ball. And it just – it hurts – and it's been it's been this way all year long. Like it hurts when the defense does show up. The few games that they do, the offense is just not there. The offense has only been there a few times all year. The defense has only been there a few times all year. They really haven't matched up very many times. And and on Saturday, the defense showed up. They did their job, and the offense um, let them down. And part of that's injuries. Um, uh, you're playing your third-string quarterback. Not on the defensive side. They they move the ball late and get that extra field goal because of injuries on defense. You've been unable to stay healthy on the back end especially, but kind of throughout this team. This team has not stayed healthy all year long. It's been, um, it's been difficult. It's been an added challenge to being um, outmatched in depth and outmatched athletically in every game they've played uh, for the most part. There have been a few games where they've been the better athletes. Um, that Miami of Ohio game, that uh, Southern Illinois game, and obviously you didn't get either one of those done. But it's been frustrating. The defense showed up. They did their job, and the offense just did not come through for them at all. It was, it was painful, um, but, I mean – it's the 10th time that, that you can say that this has been painful in some fashion. Um, in just a second, we're going to kind of go final takeaways and look forward to to next week, just kind of glance at it. Um, but, yeah, before we do that, first let's talk about our friends at Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments where we highlight the most exciting play or performances from this weekend's Northwestern game. This week's thrilling moment of the Northwestern game was Evan Hull's 22 rushes for 105 yards and a touchdown. That performance was phenomenal, exactly what Northwestern needed out of him. He had a couple catches for four yards as well. Yet again, he is that dude on a really bad offense, and he has to carry the load for the team, and it's just 
it's frustrating to to watch him grind his butt off every single Saturday, and the wins don't don't um, stack up for him. It's 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 tough for sure. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available now on NissanUSA.com. Also, thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app. YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, so final takeaways from this game, really. Um, so much fight. So much fight. Right when you thought, yet again, this has happened a few times this year, right when you thought the white towel had been thrown. The white towel had been thrown. You can count them out. We saw it in the Ohio State game. We saw it in the Maryland game. We saw it in the Penn State game. This team shows up and fights its butt off. And I think that's a testament to the buy-in that Pat Fitzgerald has. He just doesn't have the guys. He just doesn't have the guys. There's no explosivity on the offense. And that's due to you're on your third quarterback, and then you just don't have dudes on the outside right now. You don't have the Jimmys and the Joes. And that, I mean... That's the story of this year's team is that you don't have the guys on either side of the ball when you get in these grind them out games, when you need a huge, huge play, when you need that that game-breaking, game-wrecking play by a star player. Other than Evan Holm, who is it? Who is it? Not a lot of guys. There's not a lot of guys. Evan Hull's been that guy. I mean, he's he is he shoulders the almost the entire burden on offense. He puts the team on his back, puts the team on his shoulders, and he says, "You know what, guys? I'm going to carry us in this game. I'm going to put the team on my, the offense on my back. the The defense, like uh, <laughs> for the defense, Evan Hull's the only hope right now." Because you just do, you don't get anything done otherwise. If it's not Evan Hall, who is it? Malik Washington sometimes, yes. Cam Porter's had a few flashes. It's not consistent, though. Quarterback play has been good in spurts in certain spots. Hasn't been consistent, though. The only consistent thing on this offense is you know Evan Hall is going to lay his guts on the line. And he's going to try to keep this team in the game. Quarterback play is not there. You're on your, your third string quarterback. It wasn't there with Ryan Helensky. It was there. I'll, I'll walk that back. It was there for two games. It was there for two games with Ryan Helensky. And then it disappeared. Then you went to Brendan Sullivan, and I thought he was solid. I thought he was fine. He protected the football. He was decently efficient passing. He used his legs some. But he's banged up. He's not healthy. So you had to turn to the third string. And you don't you don't have enough guys in that room that can play high-level ball. And and that's this is the product you get on offense. 
I do, I do wonder, how would this game have played out if Brandon Sullivan was on the field? How would this game have played out? I think Northwestern wins the game if Brendan Sullivan is on the field. I think the offense has a little bit more life. But instead, 10 straight losses. It's just brutal. It's just brutal. I will say, and I'll leave it with this, the vibes after the game, after some of the losses, they have been awful. The vibes have been in the absolute cellar. They've been as low as they can go. I didn't think that they were that bad after this game. I thought that this Fitz was you know, a very short press conference for, for Fitz, but I thought he was at least proud of the team's fight. He had Cole Freeman, Sean McLaughlin interviewed after the game. Thought that the vibes didn't see. It wasn't very doom and gloom, which I, which I appreciate. But they got to keep it up this week because you you're coming back home, taking on Illinois. See if you can sneak one. See if you can finish this season off right. See if you can. Wouldn't that be something? If Northwestern bookends this season with wins. That'd be nothing short of amazing. I want to see if, if they can do it. I don't know if they can. I don't necessarily think it's the most likely outcome. But if they fight and they get a little healthier on offense, yeah. I think that you can get a. Illinois team that's somewhat reeling right now. Somewhat reeling for sure. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to Locked On Northwestern, making it your first listen every day. We appreciate it. We're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. We're on YouTube. Just search Locked On Northwestern. You can find us. Make sure you subscribe. Turn on notifications. You don't want to miss an episode. We will continue this week talking about this game, talking about basketballs in Cancun. I got a game tomorrow uh, evening, I do believe, and then uh, they will play on Wednesday as well. We will we will talk about both of those games, and then get you, get you set for the weekend as well. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate you tuning in. I'm your host Carter Bird. You can follow me on social media at Carter Bird13, and I will see you all next time.